Well, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us today. We're very excited, obviously. Yeah, I'm so glad we're finally doing this. So the first question we wanted to ask you was just to talk a little bit about kind of how you got started as an actor in this business, you know, knowing that you come from a family that's very involved in, you know, in film and very creative and just kind of how you landed where you landed in terms of like pursuing acting as a profession and, um, and things like that. And then how, you know, how you ended up getting the gig on the hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, growing up, my parents and my sister before me, um, both, they were all in film uh, in a bunch of different ways. Um, and I remember wanting to be an actor, not typically just kind of because of the craft. I remember I went and visited my dad on set of Andromeda, which was a TV show he worked on back in the day. I remember that um, one. I watched that. Yeah, and I remember visiting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> my dad was a first AD on that for cool. the whole thing. And then also directed a bunch a bunch of episodes on it. Um, so I remember I visited him on set one day and I just remember falling in love with set more than anything else. And I've said it before. It's just, it's my favorite place on the planet. I love being on set. I love the people. I love how the interactions are. Um, yeah. So I think that's why I got into it It was more just, I just had to get back to set and it kind of all revolved around that. Um, and then I fell in love with the craft a lot more the older I got, the more I kind of got scared that I was going to be bad at it because I don't really care about much in this world. (laughs) I'm a lazy person, but as soon as I I realized, like I I woke up constantly in fear of not being successful at this and not being a good actor. Um, So I've kind of fallen in love with it more that way because I I loved the stress of it. It was like the only thing that really drove me to be better in life. so that's kind of how that all went down. And that's still what's driving me today is I just, I just hate the the thought of not being good at this. Um, and obviously that's an, that's an opinion based thing. I'm sure some people think I'm horrible, but I know personally, <laughs> I, at least I, I put it in the work to, to try to be as good as I can be and I'll continue to be better. Um, yeah. And then a hundred rolled around, I was doing a TV show called continuum and then I just auditioned for the pilot of a hundred for Bellamy Oh, knew wow. I wasn't going to get that. Uh, yeah, but they liked me, so they moved me over and additioned me for John number one. And uh, yeah, that one I just kind of knew I was going to get. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to get that for sure. <laughs> I did. And then you're like, I can be a John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll be John number one, no problem. And then yeah, it was kind of like it's funny to look back on it because I think when I first got the show, I didn't have that much excitement for it that's probably a weird thing to say uh not because the show wasn't great it was totally great it was because i think i had a bigger role on a different tv show and it was like yeah you're putting me in as a as a numeral i've been doing this for like yeah, right <laughs> no last years, name but, yeah <laughs> but yeah all right so essentially i went into it, it was like it's a paycheck and i'm gonna go have fun with it and they're gonna probably kill me off but i'm gonna i'm gonna go have fun so i went and had a ton of fun and uh i guess jason noticed because he kept me around. Yeah. And now it's so funny to look back on it and, and think I ever wasn't like excited. I mean, I was excited, but it wasn't like I did. There was no possible way I would have believed you if you told me the show would have would change my life the way it did. Yeah. There's, there's no way. Yeah. No way at all. I, mean, I would have been like, no, this is just kind of like a paint by the numbers. Like I'm a, I'm a sidekick, like mean right. bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit I know that it would turn into what it's turned into. Given how Murphy has um, evolved, and and we talked to Jason a couple weeks ago, I guess. So he had mentioned, you know, that we got a question about Murphy's development over the course of the series, and he had mentioned that he noticed like what you were what you were doing with the character, and sort of decided he wanted to write towards that character because of what you as an actor were doing. So, you know, like score one for for just going in there and having fun, I guess. <laughs> I, I think that's like if there's any advice for any actors out there, it's just go do your thing. <laughs> and if it's working, like someone will know. Yeah. And I can't thank Jason enough for noticing and actually having the guts to to kind of give me more. Yeah. I remember he told me that on the pilot. He's like, there was like a rewrite midway through and I had gotten the rewrite and I was like, oh, I guess I have like a lot more lines in the 
seen now. That's interesting. And I remember he he was on set in his classic Jason like intimidating Jason way. Back then, I remember being super intimidated. I was like, oh god, the creator. Uh oh. And he just looked at me and was like, hey, did you get those rewrites? I was like, yeah, thanks, thanks for like all the. I, I really like the the scene. And he was like, yeah, don't mess it up. <laughs> totally. He's, he's like, I put, I'm putting faith in you. I hope you do good. And I'm like, I will. I remember being super confident. I was like, I will do good for you. I've been doing this for a long time. I can, I can handle this. No problem. This is what I do for a living. <laughs> he's like, I'm going ma- to like, make you regret not giving me a last name, Jason. <laughs> yeah. And then sure yeah, enough. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the first thing. I remember when he sent me the email that I was going to stick around when the show got picked up. It was like two days after the show got picked up. And he emailed me, and I was like, oh, my God, like the creator of the show emailed me. We, we don't really know each other too well. And he's like, hey, just want you to know, like, you're stick- you, how'd you feel about being, like, sticking around and being, like, one of the main bad guys for the first season? And I was like, that sounds great. And he's like, and you're getting the name. Murphy. From now on, you're just, you're just Murphy. And I was like, that sounds good to me. And that, na- that name sounds oh so sweet to me now. Aww. <laughs> It's a great name. You know, it's like, it's kind of perfect. It's a solid name. And I'm, 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 I'm Irish too in real life. So it's oh, like, yeah. like great. I was going to say, Homecoming. you know, not even knowing that you're Irish, like, but like as a Notre Dame fan, it's like such an Irish oh, name. Massive, so yeah. it's kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at my, I'm sitting on my bed and I'm not wearing any socks and I'm looking down at my Notre Dame tattoo right now. Nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like there's there's definitely something to be said, I think, for, you know, when you go into an audition or going into, like, a job at the very beginning, when, like, you know, like you were saying, like, it, it wasn't a project that, like, from the get-go initially you were, like, super pumped about. So you're like, I'm going to kind of just go in and do it. And I feel like sometimes that, like, that creative freedom of, like, not that you don't care, but just that you feel like, I'm just going to go in and kind of do whatever because I don't feel like my whole life is riding on this thing. So I'm going to just kind of go yeah, in and, like, it was- fully myself. You know, sometimes that leads totally to like amazing that. creative opportunities because you're just like, cause yeah, you're not, you're not scared to try. Like I care about every oh, yeah. role I do and every, yeah. like it's my job, but I'm, of course I have to care because someone's actually yeah. enough of me to pay me money to do this. I'm going to put everything yeah. I have into it. Yeah. But yeah, but like, I was on a show and was like, it doesn't yeah. matter to me. Like that's, if they don't bring me back and they're going to kill me anyway. So I, I'm on another show. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes like that fear of making a mistake when it's something where you're like, oh my God, like if I don't get this audition, then like that's the end. You know, that can be yeah. so like creatively imprisoning because you're like terrified to make a mistake or or do anything bold or outside the box. And I think what's cool about, I think a lot of the characters in the show, but I think is really true, you know, a lot for, for Murphy is that so much of who he is, is just like right there from the minute that we meet him. Like the arc that he goes on, I think is certainly something that most of us and probably not even you necessarily like predicted where it was going, but like he's such a, a big and bold and juicy character right from the outset. And I, so I think that speaks a lot to just sort of you coming in and being like, I'm going to just try shit, which is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And have fun. Speaking of like, you know, coming from an acting family, what percentage of your motivation to become an actor was, uh, to try to show up your big sister? Uh, I think a, a large percentage of it was like monkey see, monkey do. I remember, I remember always looking at I me. Mean, she's my big sister, so I always looked up to her. And um, she's just so natural at what she does. Um, yeah. I think we're two very different actors in that way. And she always like she's always been this really outgoing person. Growing up, I wasn't that way. So looking up and like really respecting my big sister and seeing what she had to do yeah i kind of wanted to do it too because i liked i liked the way it looked <laughs> uh and then yeah i think she was a big drive for me was that i don't think i wasn't naturally talented as her and she puts in a lot of work as well um that i just wanted to be better i didn't want to be if i was going to do the same thing as my big sister i didn't want to be that much worse yeah <laughs> so i, I, mean, so I, I mean, wanted to be better <laughs> you know now look at now look at us i'm a way better actor <laughs> i uh i have a, an older brother and it was the same sort of thing where like when i was growing up he always was the star student you know and so i'm an academic now and mm. like I, i'm a professor and i'm like I think probably 80% of the reason I became a professor is because growing up looking at my brother, I was like, you know, I want to be him and I also want to beat him. So everyone doesn't think that I'm like the lesser <laughs> yeah. sibling. <Yeah. laughs> so I yeah. feel that. Totally, totally fair. 
So uh, turning back yeah. to the show, can you talk a little bit about sure. uh, your about Murphy's relationships with the space crew folk going into season five? We've heard a little bit from other sources, Jason, and other and your uh, interview with Hypable about you know Murphy struggles when he's up. Uh, anything else that you might be able to elaborate on? Without giving too much away, I think yeah, going into his relationships in season five, um, obviously. The, all the relationships with not just him and like Amori, but him and everyone and, and everyone and everyone else, the relationships in six years have to change. They have to evolve. They have to regress. They have to do something. So, yeah, without giving too much away in, in, in how each kind of one of them. So I said it, in the, in, it before that I think Bellamy is probably the person that Murphy's closest with. Mm-hmm. And that's all I can say without giving <laughs> okay. too much away. It's fascinating you say that because yeah. there's there's a clip of you of Murphy and Bellamy fighting on the ring in the trailer. I won't push yes, you. Yes, we do we do fight. I confirm we do fight. Me and him. Although those are two guys who are like you know. Which seems like a pretty one sided fight. Yeah, <laughs> fighting and friendship are not exactly antithetical. I think for those two. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk a little bit more about kind of the evolution of the relationship between Bellamy and Murphy? Like not to like get into, you know, prodding you for like season five spoilers, but even if we just sort of go up to as far as like where we left them at the end of season four, there's like so much to dig into there in that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's honestly probably my favorite relationship that I've had on the show that I've been able to portray Um, because it's one of my best relationships I have outside of the show from the show with me and Bob. Uh, so I think starting, it all comes just from a great amount of chemistry that Bob and I have with each other, uh, that we found like literally on the pilot. And Bob was a big champion for me to come back and he, he emailed Jason and was like, this guy's really great. Uh, so I owe Bob a lot for that. Um, and especially now him being someone who is so incredibly close to me in my life. Like he, he was my next door neighbor when we shot season five, moved in right oh. next door. <laughs> ah, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it was lovely. I got to see him every day. I can't get enough of the guy, but yeah, I think the relationship <laughs> starts off with obviously out of a necessity for each other. It's kind of when he, me and him were on the same side in season one. And then eventually I kind of bite off more than I can chew and try to get a little too put like, ahead of myself and a little too powerful. Mm-hmm. So he eventually kind of cuts the head off the snake in that way and tries to get rid of me. Um, and then I try to come back and kill him. So eventually like <laughs> we were just at each other's throats. Like there's no, uh, we were just coming through each other for so long because someone's got to die. Mm-hmm. He, he always knew I would never let it go and come for him with everything I have. So he had to try to get rid of me. And I know that I, you know, I just got to get him for what he's done to me. Uh, but then eventually we put our differences aside mm. and it doesn't mean we liked each other. I think it took a long time to like each other as characters. And even now it's not like we've never probably ever said like, Hey man, like I really like enjoy you. We've probably never <laughs> said that to each other. But I think it's been so clear as it's gone on that like when they're together, there is this great respect between them. And even this, like when we see each other, me and Bob always try to throw it in like a look. It's like, it's really good to see you. Yeah. 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 We always take so long between times of seeing each other as characters. And it's like, man, it's this respect of like, you're still alive. I'm still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good job. Good us. for us through everything <laughs> yeah. that we that we go through. Good for us. And so I don't think there's such going into season five. There's a great amount of respect, and I and I think Bellamy does. He's back to like they've both come so far in who they are, and he's back to seeing almost. It's almost like a mirror image of what we were in the beginning, mm-hmm. which was him using me for this and seeing something in me, but he saw the bad in me at the beginning. Yeah, and he needed that for himself. To, he needed to use the bad, that poison in me. And now kind of the flip side of that is he sees what I can be and what I can accomplish now uh, in a good way and like in a leadership kind of way. He sees he sees good things for me. So it's kind of very similar to how we were in season one. It's just kind of the antithesis, like the opposite at the same time, though. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's almost like he's back to being a sort of like protege uh, second hand, second, you know, in command. Yeah, kind of but in like thing. a totally different way. But that's the yeah. thing is that he's not like I'm not a second in command because I'm more 
Bellamy knows that Murphy has to do his own thing. Like right, he can't right, right. be in yeah. in that role. And he also is not good in like a leadership role. But I think yeah. Bellamy I think he rejects the leadership role, but I think Bellamy would see in Murphy that he's like, You don't need to be that. You could be so much more than you give yourself credit for. Yeah, yeah. We all see that in Murphy, even if he doesn't see it in himself. <laughs> yeah, I think he's the last one to get the memo mm-hmm. on that. One really interesting thing in season four I I found fascinating was uh, when they were down in the bunker, um, you know, and Bellamy was sort of locked up to try to keep him from getting out to get to Octavia, and they put uh, Murphy on as guard for him. Yeah, it's Octavia. Yeah. yeah, that was really interesting because it was a little, that seemed like a little bit of a regression for them. You know, it was like a little bit of a, a sort of return to a somewhat more antagonistic relationship, potentially. Do you have a sense of what Murphy was like? Well, totally, but I think everyone has those moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Uh, both were doing what we had to do. I was protecting the person I love, and he's trying to protect the person he loves. I don't think he ever blames Murphy for that, and we immediately got over. Yeah, no, that's for sure, yeah. I was the one blaming him and being like, you did this. Yeah. By you like, oh, yeah, she's going to be dead. Oh, poor Octavia. Yeah, you know what you did? You let her in, and now me and Amori are dead. Like, that much is guaranteed. So thanks for that. Right. So you can right. think of, I'm as bad of a person as you want, but all you did was the flip side of what I'm doing. Yeah. I, you're no better than me, and I think I think Bellamy knows that in that situation, but no one cares. Like, they all have that. Like, no one ever talks about how, like, Bellamy and Clark regress. Like, they have so True. many fights. Yeah, yeah. Where he's at her throat just being like, what is wrong with you, Clark? And she's like, I'm just doing what I gotta do. <laughs> but everyone knows that there's respect between those two. And yeah. I think there's a great deal of respect between Murphy and Bellamy, even, even with our little moments where we will fight and like we'll have those moments in season five as you'll see and you've already seen in the in the trailer but yeah i'm not going to give away the context of the fight in the trailer but i think people are going to like it it was the first it was actually the first scene that me and bob shot all year long uh for the season and it was a ton of fun oh yeah, yeah i think it was it turned out really good that scene so I hope, I hope everyone enjoys it there's a lot more to the scene than meets the eye yeah I'm I'm very excited. Uh, Jason, you know, told us that the trailer is full of misdirects, so I'm very excited to be completely surprised by the actual context of yeah. it. see. <laughs> which is nice. Like it's good. Yeah, I don't, it's wa- I don't of want what to know. You know? I, was like, I was like, oh, that's really making them believe something that that's not there. Right. Yeah. Which is fun. Like I, as a fan, you know, like I I I will watch the trailer and I'll try to figure things out, but I want to be surprised. So I'm glad that things are like not what they seem. And like the cool yeah. thing about the show, like you said, is, you know, I think one of the, the coolest things about uh, about what they do with the show is that, you know, so much to always does depend on kind of like context and who, you know, who are you trying to, to protect and, and who are you trying to, what are you trying to do? And so like you have all these relationships that remain like really important and like on a personal level, there's a great connection, but like when your interests diverge, you know, then like, then, then conflict happens and they're constantly sort of diverging in different ways. And so, um, it, it keeps things like super fresh. And I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Can you talk about, um, the evolution of your relationship with the Mori a little bit, obviously not into season five, but just, you know, from, from when we yeah, met yeah, her yeah, in season two. Well. Yeah. Again, that bringing, Louisa into the show completely gave me a chance to redevelop Murphy and really push him in a different direction than we had been with him before. Um, and it was so clear from the one episode she had in season two, how great, how great Louisa is as an actor. And she's like, he's like one of the easiest people to work with on the show. She's such a professional, um, so kind, so there to work and just do her job. She's incredible. Um, but we've known each other for years, actually. We've never worked with, with each other before. We had, like, the same agent up in Vancouver for years, so I've met her a few times. Um, and I was so glad it was her. And, like, it seems like there's, like, a real theme on the show when someone comes in and really punches, like, above their weight class mm-hmm. of what you'd expect from, like, the, that role. Like, where I was was, like, coming in, and now I could figure that one. And immediately I emailed Jason and was like, this woman is fantastic. Bring her mm-hmm. back. And it's kind of the same thing that like Bob did for me at the beginning and what like people keep doing it on the show is if you get one, any one of our attention, it's like the land of opportunity. If you get any one of our attention, we will let it be known to like the higher ups that we really like working with that person. Yeah. And I definitely had that with Louisa and it still shows to this day. Um, yeah. So I think, 
uh, having a more in for Murphy was completely, it was like that sec, that chance, that hope. And I said this in an interview the other day, it was just this kind of like, no one else would give him a second chance. And she was willing to give him like a first chance. Yeah. Which I think he needed. Yeah. And it was this chance to be fresh and like, yeah, all those things were still inside of him that made him the per- person people hate, but he doesn't need to exploit them with her and he, he he can be this other person like not everyone is not so simple that they're just one thing he is a bad guy but he's a good guy too yeah and yeah. he was able to show that side with amori and he's still like to this day it kind of brought him all that way to being this guy who will fight for for what he kind of loves and then protect what he loves which is definitely amori um and then, yeah, I think coming into season five, it's been six years and it's, you know, I did create a life. We did both created a life that we were safe. And now we've got to feel uh, how Murphy kind of deals with that. Yeah. Because he's never had to deal with that before. That's pretty tough for someone. And she's a never... very self-sabotaging. Like, there's, there's a lot of ways you can do it. Yeah. And she's kind of never, you know, she was always an outsider too. So it's also a very, it's like a new kind of context or like world for her to have a, a clan or a family as well. You know, like she had just had her brother. So I can imagine that would be put an enormous amount of stress yeah, no, totally. on both. <laughs> Since you mentioned we, we sort of touched on uh, Murphy's background. How much of like the sort of background for the character do you come up with on your own how much of it comes from the writers? Like, do you spend a lot of time sort of thinking through details or ideas for experiences from Murphy's past um, in addition to the ones you get from the writers? Or is it mostly just... Yeah, I think so. Yeah? I think I create all the backstory I want for myself and then until I until I know different. Like, that's yeah. kind of the way it goes. I'm just I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I think this is what Murphy's been going through. And then an episode will come out, the script, where it'll be like, and then this will, like, tie in, like, Murphy's had this happen, and he'll, like, Murphy will tell a story of what happened in his past, and I'll be like, well, I missed that one. That was, that was a big <laughs> swing and a miss for me. But it doesn't matter. Like, it's, as long as I have something on the day, then I have something. And yeah. then when I, kind of, when it comes to the day where Jason wants to explore a little bit of his backstory, then then we do that. But there's still a ton of things that I think Murphy's gone through that we've never talked about. Yeah. And I've never talked about it to Jason and we'll yeah. probably never talk about it. Cause it's just, it's just for me. Yeah. It's just like for you to be able to kind of like get yeah. your head in the right sort of space, uh, to understand the character basically. Yeah, exactly. And I think, so everything I think you guys know and the audience knows about the backstory of Murphy, I think, I think almost a hundred percent of that is, is Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I imagine they probably don't let you just like, ad lib <laughs> it's like childhood stories about your characters on screen yeah the the backstory is a hard one to ad lib i'm like everything else they allow me quite a bit of ad libbing i'm very lucky yeah. on that one yeah that's nice um i mean you're kind of like the character yeah. i think you are you are probably the character who you know would be the most logical one to ad lib the most since you also have sort of evolved into very much the kind of like wisecracker of the show yeah, 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 he definitely, he wisecracks for sure. So uh, from like an acting standpoint, um, is there a particular like ritual that you have by this point to get into Murphy's head when you're about to do a scene or whatever? Or is it pretty much just kind of always there? Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's um, for me, uh, it's, it's music actually that gets me there. I create a playlist for every character I've, I've, I've performed since I was probably... 16 or 17. Um, so yeah, I created a Murphy playlist and I just kind of seclude myself on set. I don't really talk to anyone if I need, if I need to, and I plug in my headphones and I just listen to it. I get really amped up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like, like an athlete. Like I grew up playing sports and I less, I miss playing sports. So it's kind of like getting amped up before a game and you probably just see me like punching walls and like getting real jazzed up. I just, it's fun. It's like going to war. I just love, I love performing. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us an example of songs that are on the Murphy playlist? Sure. Um, be on the Murphy playlist. Uh, Ballad of Thin Man is a big one by Bob Dylan. Mm. Um, one that really, really well describes Murphy would be uh, Please Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood by Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of instrumental stuff I use for Murphy, just like dark, sort of like 
melodies. And then there's a lot of like pump up music that just gets my blood kind of boiling and then my heart rate uh, rising, mm-hmm. which kind of feels good and kind of because like I like to there's like some scenes where Murphy really gets to let loose and kind of he has that like poison inside of him yeah. let go, which is I think really fun for me. And he just gets like kind of he just sort of vibrates yeah. in the performance. Like he gets very frenetic. And for that, I just need some pump up stuff. And then I just get to go like nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I love going nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's cathartic to watch. I can only imagine how cathartic it is to like do it, you know? Yeah. He's very like, he's got this sort of like, when everyone else loses their mind, it's kind of like this thing. But when, when Murphy loses it, it's almost like a swagger. Like mm-hmm. he loses his mind with swagger. Mm-hmm. When he's like, he's just going nuts and he's dangerous. He's got this weird sort of like, he moves differently, which I don't think I ever planned on doing. It just sort of happened with him. Like when I lose it with him, he just sort of starts to move real kind of like swaggery. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, you know, he's losing it, but in a weird way, it's also almost like he's he's finding the self that he's most comfortable in. Like he looks, Murphy almost looks most comfortable yeah, in his, his skin. Yeah, it's his biggest love. It's yeah. his addiction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like when he finally like lets go and it's kind of like in an inappropriate way, it would be like what I'd imagine like him like doing a line of like drugs or something. Mm. It's kind of just him like being like, yes, like I'm fucking like he's letting that part of himself loose. Right. That he really needs to let loose because he likes it. He loves that venom inside of him taking over. Like it's easier for him. He's more powerful that way. He's a lot of people, it tears them down and yeah. they don't like going that way. He does. Like he, re- he relishes the opportunity to let that old side of him like reign. It, it almost makes me think of the Hulk. You know, it's like, like, what's your secret? My secret is I'm always angry. You know, the kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, except perhaps in a more evil way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. So Murphy has had a little bit of, like, the last couple of seasons, he's had a little bit of a connection with Abby, um, helping her, you know, with Antari's uh, yeah. heart at the end of season three. And then last season, um, you know, stealing the medicine for her, for that little girl. Um can you talk a little bit about Murphy and Abby and their relationship? Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't want to speak just for Paige, but um I think that Abby sort of has this sort of this belief in Murphy that he can be good. She sees it cuz he she sees what he he's done for her. like he sold medicine from from kind of that sick child that needed medicine and he did it when no one else kind of had the guts to do what needed to be done. Yeah. He just got it done. Um, so I think it all kind of formulated there and it was obviously me helping when Jackson was chipped. So I helped pump on Tari's heart, which was gross. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think there's kind of a, it's not like the biggest relationship on the show, but I think there is a good, there is a good respect there. And without giving away anything there, I think we do mention it in season five once mm. about like the kind of, had that about Murphy kind of caring for Abby mm-hmm. and it's like I, no it's Abby like I, I love Abby yeah I so mean, I think a- he sees and he's grateful he's you know what I think it might be now I'm just thinking about it is actually that his mom dying and 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 kind of blaming everything on him in her last breath kind of really messed up Murphy so for an for kind of like an adult female to give him this love and this reaffirmation that he is good and that he can do good things. I think that's really big for him, that he needed to hear that from from, from an adult female. Mm-hmm. I think he really was in need of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was, yeah. I mean, it, that makes sense in terms of what what he lost when he was a kid was the kind of like unconditional acceptance of a parent and and someone who looked at him and said, like, you are you are good deep down. And so you know, Abby's kind of like another person who looks at him and says, yeah. like, I see the, I see the potential and I see the good in you and I see something to love, you know? So it does make yeah. sense that that would kind of like speak to him on a special level. So we had a couple of questions that were submitted by uh, some friends of ours um, who are right. huge fans. Aaron, do you want to take one from Nicole's list? Sure. I'm very curious what the people want to know. <laughs> uh, Nicole was wondering, um, 
She'd like to know where you get the fire in you to play the sort of dark and damaged characters, which you seem to really enjoy playing. I think she's sort of referring to Murphy and then um, your character in Crypto, which I believe is also kind of a dark uh, character from what I understand. Mm -hmm. Is there something about these sorts of stories or these sorts of characters that help that appeal to you in particular? Uh, and how do you get in the zone yeah. to play characters like that? Sure. I think there's absolutely something about a character like that that kind of does appeal to me. I think it appeals to a lot of actors, though. There's so much fun to play, and you really want to understand people like like Jake and Crypto and like, uh, obviously, Murphy and the Hunter. It's so hard to get to know them, and I think as an actor, it's kind of fun to figure out the inner workings of a person like that, of mm. why they are the way they are, and kind of bring to life those beautiful faults. Um so yeah, I, I just don't like smiling very much on camera. I think that's a big part of it. I don't like seeing my smile on camera, so let's, let's just keep playing the dark things. Um, and it kind of allows me to let loose. I'm like, there's a lot I have in me that I just need to get out. And playing those guys really helps that. Just kind of like, I want to like shock people on set. Mm. So that, that helps me do that. Um yeah, it gives me the chance to make bigger choices, I think, with characters like that. If it's just a normal guy, you're kind of handcuffed to morality. That's what it is, you know? I think you're handcuffed to morality. Yeah, yeah. If you have good morals, <laughs> then you are obviously a little more shackled than others. If you have the morals of someone like Murphy, who's willing to do just about anything to get what he wants, then my choices become a lot freer because I can really let loose. And it, it is believable. Because I'm not handcuffed by by morality at that point. Yeah, yeah. he really is sort of chaotic neutral. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like like totally all options that. are open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't have to worry about like okay, and then I think well, the he would never do that. Side of me, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. Because it all makes sense. I remember in season two, I I tested that theory. I like laid down in the middle of a scene, which was not planned. I was like, I'm just gonna I'm tired. I'm just gonna lay down. And if I can get away with that, we'll see what happens. And then after they're like, great, all right, that's so Murphy. Murphy would totally just like lay down. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> he was. And I was like, after that moment, I was like, I think I can get away with just about anyway, anything and be like, yeah, Murphy would do it. And then the director has to be like, yeah, totally. He would do that. Like, yep. <laughs> so this so is I your way to get around. This is your way to get around having people tell you what to do, basically. Yeah, essentially, I just don't like people telling me what to do. So this way, I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> That's In that way, you, Richard Harmon, are very much like Murphy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, maybe there is some similarities, but I was missing. <laughs> do you yeah. feel like there are other like aspects of your personality that have like infused more and more into Murphy as you've gone along? As time has gone on, I, I do believe so. I think that making him more of a rounded human being, I think, ended up taking a little bit of myself. But I mean, we're definitely super different people. Like, mm, yes, God, we're so different. Um, <laughs> We're actually kind of like polar up, not polar opposites, but we're pretty opposite. The thing I would say that kind of transfers over is my humor. Yeah. My humor and Murphy's yeah. humor are kind of similar. And that's why, because the humor of Murphy started coming in because I would ad-lib those little things. Mm. Oh, really? Like, Man, <laughs> he's a bad guy and he's, he's scary and all that. And he's doing these horrible things. But you know what's even scary is if someone who's in the midst of all that, if they can crack a joke. Mm-hmm. that to me is scary and then eventually it became funny and then eventually they started writing kind of those one-liners in for him but i think it all started because they were seeing me do that so i'm going to take the credit on that one yeah, seems right. well and it, that works so perfectly as a character trait for him because like humor as a defense mechanism to like not show that things get to you or as a way to sort of indicate that you don't care or that you aren't hurt by things or you know just sort of like another layer of kind of distance between murphy and the other characters is him being like you know i'm sort of cracking a joke to sort of show how few fucks i give you know so it makes totally organic sense as a trait that he would have as a person who's so you know deeply has so many kind of layers of not letting anyone ever see his pain really you know for so much of the time that we know him so the so the humor like it fits perfectly but it does it does really feel like in some ways that's the entry point to him becoming somebody that we like more is it's like okay well he's doing terrible things but he's doing he's really funny and then that kind of like i think the humor sort yeah. of warms you up very early on i think camp you is that way remains one of my favorite lines of the entire series yeah for sure <laughs> oh thank you yeah that was that was written i can't take credit for that one that was 
Well, it was beautifully delivered. You can take credit for that. <laughs> Thank you. I did. I did do that. Here's a question: Would Murphy? Would Murphy share your dancing skills? I guess we. we he more than anything shares my lack of dancing capabilities. <laughs> But I like to dance, and for that reason, Murphy likes to dance. Like that's sometimes like if I just I'm not bored in scenes, but I'll try to fit in whatever I can just to have fun in scenes, and they usually end up sticking because they're like, oh, that's an interesting choice. So like I'm really just trying to fit crop in. So like the dancing that he sometimes does is just me kind of with nothing to do, and I'm like, yeah, fucking dance. I don't know. <laughs> you could dance. And- and you have, I think we saw this in, it was this in Selena's article that you have like Murphy mm. playlists, right? Like you have like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked like about that. Music that you listen to to sort of like get into, did, did you, okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. You missed it. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we talked about that uh, while you were gone, Claire. <laughs> um. Yeah. In the well, dark times. That's right. I look forward to listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll be, you'll be hearing it with everyone else on the playback. <laughs> Be pleasantly surprised. Did we cover Jaha? Can I ask about Jaha? Has that already been covered? We have not. We have not covered that, and I would love to talk about it. I would love to ask you about um, first. First of all, just like the way the pairing of Murphy and Jaha sort of emerged in the story, you could not have picked two sort of less likely characters to be paired up sort of at all and then the way that that carried on for so long and and yet became like really like by the end I was like all right like there's like these two are like a unit so I just I'm curious for you at what point did you learn kind of as the story was breaking you know like hey this is going to be a big part of your arc this season what was that experience like just because for so much of it like the two of you were kind of together off on your own storyline so i'm just really curious about sort of over you know seasons two and three just that that whole kind of murphy jaha journey i think is fascinating it is my favorite storyline that i've had to do in all five seasons i'll say that um i found out that it was happening. Like, I agree with you. I think that set, those two characters are such a weird pairing to put together. Um, but it worked because me and Isaiah work really well together as actors. So the characters in that trait worked great. Um, I found out that it was going to happen. I didn't believe it, but I found out it was going to happen because I ran into Isaiah at the airport during season two. We were shooting <laughs> at the beginning. And we were going on like different flights. He was going back home to LA. I think I was going to like a film fest or something out east for the weekend. So I ran into him at like five in the morning. And I was like, oh, like Isaiah, good to see you. And he was like, yeah. He was like, hey, man. And you told me this before. He's like, I love what you did in season one. I told him, we're going together. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we're doing it. I told Jason, me and you put us together. And I was like, great. Sounds great. So that's the first (laughs) I'd ever heard of it. And then, <laughs> and then, literally, like two episodes later, there's this me and Jahasi where he walks into like me when I'm mopping up the floor, and he starts asking me my opinion on stuff, and I was like, oh my god, it's not actually happening. Is it? <laughs> and then it did, and then we go out, and I was like, how long are we out here for? And they're like, oh, the rest of the season, like you're going, you're going the distance together. And I was like, okay, great. <laughs> and then as we started working together, I realized, I remember there's this definitive moment where it's in the drop ship where we're staying for the night and he offers me food and I go like no I don't want it and then we have this great conversation and he says something in it and I remember I ad-libbed it was the first time I ad-libbed at him and it was kind of I like dug into him a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of challenged his authority on the ad-lib I forget what it was and I just cut it and it was just like, I didn't even mean to do it. He said something and it was just sort of like this retort that just kind of like this quick jab into the heart kind of. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like, oh God. And he looked at me like in his eyes and this fire. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh no, he's going to be mad. I thought he was going to like stop the take and be like, what the hell are you doing? And you can't make me look like that. And you made me look really bad. Uh, but instead of that, he had this fire in his eyes, and then this bit, this smile just started to creep across his face. And then he hit me with this brilliant ad lib back, this retort. And then we went back onto what the scene was, and they kept it. And he said that, like as soon as after the take, he was like, "I like that." I'm like, "Totally." And I would just start doing that to him in almost every scene we have, and Isaiah loved it. 
he would just start laughing his ass off. He started giving me like a different nickname every every scene, every episode <laughs> we do together. At one point, I sal- I saluted I saluted him in the desert once, which was not in the script. I just said like, "Yes, sir," and saluted him. And then he walked off camera, and they cut, and he just started laughing his ass off. And then after that, he just started calling me Top Gun for a week. <laughs> Because I saluted him, so he said I was just calling. He's like, "The Top Gun, now, Top Gun." I'm like, "Okay, anything for you, sir." And, uh, no, we just became like this wonderful working relationship between me and Isaiah, and to this day, like we talk so often, me and him, and, and I love him. I absolutely adore him. He's such a wonderfully like gifted, charismatic actor, and the great thing about it is our styles are two very different styles. He's this big like. He has so much respect that he commands when he speaks mm-hmm. on screen. He's so gripping in what he does. And then Murphy kind of, I play the opposite, which is that sort of like settled down, like very kind of quiet in the back. So it was kind of wonderful to see those two styles together. I'm really glad you asked me about it because I, I honestly, like I said, it was maybe my favorite. One of my favorite memories of shooting the show is with Isaiah for that second half of season two. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah. One of the things that I think is really cool about this show is just because the ensemble is so big, but also so uniformly strong is that really fascinating story can come out of like reshuffling the deck into these totally weird and unexpected pairings that bring out like yeah. new things in both of the characters. So, like there's a, you know, there's a whole new side of Jaha that we get mm-hmm. watching him in relationship to Murphy and, and, you know, as opposed to watching him be a leader, like there's just sort of, you know, more shades of him. And then, and then Murphy having someone to kind of fire those zingers at who can like, take him and like throw him back is like lots of fun. So yeah. And that um, hatred, like he killed my dad and then yeah, like, yeah. He has, he, in the weirdest way, he, uh, he actually like earned my respect by the end of all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's something in retrospect, you know, the, the pairing of Jaha's, you know, and Isaiah and that like immense gravitas he has and Murphy, who's kind of like the antithesis of gravitas, you know, <laughs> Um, like putting those two together, and yeah. it's definitely like, you know, you don't think about it. It's like, seems like weird. And then you see it and you're like, of course, of course, like, of course, those two characters would be yeah, the sense. perfect pairing. Yeah. So another character that we haven't talked about directly much, um, that you, you know, didn't get a lot of a sort of direct interaction with through a lot of the show, um, is Clark. Um, and I don't know if you want to talk a little yeah. bit about, especially Clark, what you and, uh, Murphy and Clark in season four, because, uh, you and Eliza had that amazing sort of confrontation yeah. over Amori in season four. Um, so yeah, can you talk a little bit yeah, about, great sort scene. Of, yeah, that was, a, I mean, amazing scene. Um, can you talk a little bit about like the, the evolution of that relationship? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, and it's, a, it's a relationship that I really hope we can tap in more to one day. I think there's so much, uh, so much potential between those two. Mm-hmm. I don't even know in what, like maybe friendship, maybe, uh, like just camaraderie and like working together or being enemies. Like I yeah. would love to see those two at the opposite ends of a war. I would love that. If just whatever gets me more scenes with, with Eliza, I would love, I, I just think she's so talented. Um, and it's been an incredible kind of journey. Anytime I get to work with her, she's just so lovely. And, yeah, anytime I get to go toe to toe with our number one, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the evolution of those characters is coming from me, you know, thinking she's the princess, she's the anointed one. And I think a part of Murphy still does think that. Not anymore, not in season five. Because coming through, she sacrificed herself to kind of get us up there. And I think Murphy mm-hmm. is really indebted to her mm-hmm. for that. He doesn't, even, he doesn't think she's alive. Like, he thinks she's dead. Right. Yeah, they all do. Um, so I think he really does have this, this sort of respect for her, but that was really hard to earn. And we went through peaks and valleys of like Murphy sees her as this, she's that, you know, like I said, she's the anointed one. She's the leader. She's what we're all living up to. And like she, every, whatever we do, like, well, we'll look after Clark for sure. And I think Murphy really resented that for so long because he gets treated the opposite. He's the one who gets treated like dirt. He gets ditched. He just, he can't trust these people because they won't have his kind of well-being in mind. But he doesn't, he doesn't believe that Clark can, like, that knows that feeling that she 
people turn on her, but little does he know, you know, heavy's the head that wears the crown. Mm-hmm. And Maury kind of has that moment with Clark where she says, like, you were loved, like you have this whole different experience of what yeah. it is to exist in the world than many of the rest of us have, you know, who didn't have that. And I imagine that there's a lot of the characters who sort of like look at Clark and see that sort of sense of security that she had that she grew up with and feel like, you know, like, how can you possibly sort of understand how things look from the position where I'm standing? You know, and I think I think it's probably true of a lot of the delinquents, but I think for Murphy in particular, just, you know, from what we know of, you know, of his family and those losses such an early age. I think it it makes sense that there is friction, but I also do really, I thought it was really cool sort of watching over season four, like you said, like evolving out of that towards something that's more like a mutual trust and respect, but not in a way that feels like it fast forwards to all the important kind of conflict that exists there because they're so different. But that whole storyline with everybody on the, on Becca's Island, I, I think brought out, some really fascinating shades of everyone else's characters, like like Murphy the Cook, which was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> He's um, a perfect man. He, oh, yeah. He really seems to be. Totally honest. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can dance, you can cook, smart, dashingly <laughs> handsome. Really true. Yeah. Devoted lover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So another question we have from um, from our friend Robin, who's the she's a co-host of a podcast called The Aficionado, so also recaps the show, and she's a huge Murphy fan. And okay. she was interested in your thoughts on unpacking a little bit Murphy's sort of starting point, you know, the the ABCs of me kind of philosophy. Murphy being out for himself, Murphy out for his own survival, and then his circle kind of expands to include Imori. But then, you know, the, from the trailer, our, our sort of standout Murphy moment of like, what the hell, let's be good guys. Like, that's such a huge arc in terms of Murphy's circle expanding to include more people and a kind of flip in that sense of morality. So I guess just sort of, is there a particular moment you can point to in a non-spoilery way of like how you feel like that transition kind of came about for him? Yeah, I think it it came about because it was required of him. Any change he's made for the most part, other than the ones he made with Mori were because it was required of him. It's required of him now to, involve more people because he has to and it's what's right to do to, to kind of get all of them out of it alive um yeah it's funny that you mentioned that moment in the trailer which i love like and i love that scene which people will get in season five and i hope they love it because it's it's a great great scene the uh, what the hell it's be good guys scene um it's a long wonderful scene which i won't get into what ha- happens in it but that's kind of like the the last beat of it but yeah, everyone on Twitter and stuff has been hitting up being like, oh, what a moment. Like, it's so like, it's like the time has come. Let's be good guys. And he's so into it. And I was like, yeah, but you know, like everyone kind of should see and realize he's kind of like begrudgingly against you, whatever yeah. the idea is. He's just like, oh, well, all right. What the hell? Let's be good guys. Let's do it. Like, clearly he had it. Uh, this isn't too much of a story. Clearly, he had a different idea to whatever the idea is they're going with. Right. right. Yeah. And then he got broken down and was like, oh, what the hell? Let's be good, like, guys. Fine, I'll do it your way. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And that's essentially what it is, which it is like a turning a moment where she's like, okay, suck it. Let's do it. But, <laughs> like, he, he, that's what it means. Like, it's, that's exactly what I said before. It's like, it's begrudgingly, it's because it's required of him. Well, what a, what the hell? Let's be good guys yeah. <laughs> because it is required. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, right well, I, I lost yeah. the argument, so fine. Okay, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think in Murphy's circle, as you say, expanding it without giving too much away. It's like his circle can easily can restrict back down to being very, very small. Mm-hmm. And I think we without giving time to kind of get into that a little bit in season five and see his circle really shrink. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it makes sense what you were saying about him sort of agreeing to be a good guy sort of begrudgingly. Cause I do feel like one of his sort of defining traits I think is really fascinating is his really unique adaptability, you know, his sort of ability to, yeah. to find his feet and figure out how to make his own way in a kind of ever increasingly complicated set of circumstances, you know, he can always sort of 
figure out a way to adapt into that, whether it's, you know, with Antari or with Shaha or in space or whatever. So I, I like that, you know, that sort of as a thing that carries through, like how he's adapting to being on space crew is like, okay, now I'm begrudgingly on team hero, I guess, <laughs> which I think yeah, makes exactly. a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Reluctant heroes, the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's them. <laughs> So our friend Mora had a question. This is more about sort of like process stuff. I guess this would maybe be in context of like when you're shooting a scene with somebody. Do you like to talk over character choices and stuff like that with yeah. other actors? Or do you tend to sort of come in with the, and I, you know, pretty set idea of what you think Murphy is thinking and what he's going to do and go from there? Um, I don't think if it's that confined. It's, I, I don't really talk about what my choices are going to be. I mean, Louisa, when we do scenes, talk a lot, but it's never about like, I'm going to do this, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. We like to find it on the day, which is what makes it real, is when you talk, and I'll bring, I like to surprise the other actor and be like, boom, this is what I got, and this is how Murphy's feeling. You might not have thought that from what was mm-hmm. written on the page, but that's how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have to adapt to that and be like, oh, great. Which is what I love about acting. I, I like it as being like a chess match between two people. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, that's interesting that you did that. And okay, well, here's what I got. And it's kind of play back and forth. And that's what makes it fun. So I don't mm. think we talk about it too much mm-hmm. um, before. We talk We talk about like the scene for sure and be like, how do we get it to what we want it to be? I'm like, well, it's got to like, it's funny that this scene is this because we were doing this. Remember that like a while ago? And the movies will be like, oh, absolutely. So that's kind of like, I feel like that in this scene. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. But we'll never talk about what our choices are going to be. Okay. But we'll talk about how we feel in the scene and what the scene has to mean. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more sort of like, okay, yeah. you, you know, how this scene has to get from point A to point B like emotionally or whatever. And do you tend to like to have a lot of takes to sort of feel things out or work things out? Or do you prefer to try to get it nailed as like as quickly as possible? Um, I don't really care. I think it's whatever the, the director wants to do on the day and whatever he needs or she needs. I like to be ready and get it done on the first take and just let them know. Like I want to be the utmost professional person out there mm. so i want to really nail it on the first take but if you give me another take i want to nail it again and then on the third take i want to nail it and if you want to go 15 takes deep i want to nail it every time right mm. yeah and i feel like how many takes it it kind of has is not up to me and i would just like to do my job as much as i as well as i can and not have kind of yeah i i guess i suppose i don't really mind however we could do it in one take we could do it in 15 Makes right. no difference to me. Right. But you're not the guy who's like, okay, I want another take. I want another take. <laughs> yeah. One character, I guess a group of characters that we haven't, I think, touched on without getting too into spoilery territories. Um, I would love to ask you about the experience of working with the new and that Murphy yeah. and McCreary get to have some fun together. We got to meet William and Ivana when we went out and we had drinks with you guys. And they're both just such freaking awesome, cool, smart, fun people. Incredible. So I just was really interested in like how it was to work with them and um, anything that you can share that is sort of spoiler police safe about how Murphy kind of interacts with those characters of that storyline. Just because I'm we're so fascinated by kind of the giant question mark of where that whole arc is going to go and who these people are going to be. But I know that Murphy intersects with them. So we're interested in kind of how that all plays out. Yeah, it's, um, like you said, there's incredible people. First off, really lucky to have them on the show this season and just wonderful, wonderful actors. William Miller, I think, is just one of the greatest actors I've ever worked with. The same thing with all of them, Ivana and, and, and Jordan Bolger. And, uh, we even have some local guys in there, like Mike Dopewood, who's from here, who I've worked with many times before, uh, is incredible this season as one of the religious uh, prisoners. And yeah, without giving too much away, they really want. It's, it'd be better for you guys just to learn about them as mm-hmm. you watch, because they they really do develop and, and kind of kind of tip their hands at stuff that you just never would see coming. That I'm not going to get into, but it was really so I can just speak more of it. Was just kind of lovely for me to get to mix it up with those guys and. Yeah, I feel like I want to be like the welcoming committee on the show. Like if there's <laughs> someone coming in, I want to go up against them in a scene. Mm. I just really <laughs> like working with new people and just kind of like, it's a brand new challenge. You've mentioned, I think, in the interview with Selena that there's sort of an element of like, 
McCreary being like an alternate universe version of Murphy, like there, but for the grace of God is sort of who he yeah. could have evolved into, you know? And, and that's really interesting who, to me. Just sort of he still might evolve into. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's not, out, he's not out of the woods. Yeah, that's something I think is interesting, too, because I feel like we we sort of want to believe that, like, redemption arcs are permanent, like, Murphy's good now, you know, so, like, everything's gonna be fine, and I think that sort of acknowledgement that, like, all the different Murphys that he's been are still inside of him, I think is important. Yeah, all those people. Do you think that that's something that, like, Murphy recognizes in McCreary, or is that more something that you just sort of, like, reflecting on your character were thinking about? Um, Yeah, I do believe Murphy does see it. Um, mm. I think likes it is the thing. It scares him how much he likes it because it's he sees how, like I said in the interview with Selena, it was Murphy is still fighting with those inner demons inside of him and that little bottle of poison that's in him that he just so badly wants to tip over and just take take a drink mm-hmm. of that poison. McCreary is a guy who long ago decided to not fight that fight, mm-hmm. and yeah. he just drinks. And yeah. drinks and drinks that poison, which is freaking awesome to watch. And it's, it shows like how powerful that can be and how powerful Murphy could be if he just like let into it and let go of these, like the morality of the situation and these, the people he cares about. If he could just throw that all away, what he could be like capable of is pretty incredible. Yeah. I mean, there's, again, it's like there's something intoxicating about that kind of freedom like you said like a sort of total total freedom from morality and yeah you know like i think we all everybody a little bit recognizes that you know that's why we like watching those kinds of characters there's a certain kind of thrill and maybe just like murphy murphy's just enjoys that thrill or leans into that thrill a little bit more than you know, perhaps most people or most people would want to exactly but it's but it's not like we don't all feel that thrill Right. I remember reading somewhere once, I think it was Stephen King said that if he didn't, if he hadn't discovered writing, he, he didn't know what he would have done. He might've been a serial killer um, because he had all these like thoughts in his <laughs> yeah, head. And all these... I remember that. Yeah. And I sort of, you know, so, so I think about that sometimes in terms of just like sort of how important vicarious thrills are, you know, like we could all get our vicarious like urge to be totally free of morality through fiction that's great. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it less in the real world. <laughs> yeah. And as actors, too, to get to, like, you know, emotionally and psychologically inhabit that in a, in a controlled environment, you know, yeah, but to, right, but to right. become that person for that short period of time and to feel the things they feel and why they would make those choices. You know, I think it's illuminating to watch, but also, like, what you've learned about yourself or about human beings and the way human beings relate and our own morality from sort of spending all that time inside John Murphy's skin for so long, I feel like must be really fascinating, you know, because you said, cause you are so different. Yeah. He is like being him is like, is like my poison. Like the, <laughs> the poison inside Murphy is like Murphy inside of me is that getting to play him. is like, it is super kind of like, it gets my like adrenaline going. It gets my heart going. It gets everything. I kind of like just lose it in the moment with him. And it, it's a lot of fun for me. And it's like, I do feel like pretty powerful in him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like you might be a chiller person in regular life because you get all of your like, ad- you know, aggression out through Murphy? <laughs> I mean, I think I, yeah, I was always a pretty chill person, but I like, I have a very, I, I've worked on it. I used to have a very quick temper and I still do at times. Like if there's like little things that'll set me off, like any of my friends will tell you, they're like, yeah, they're just like set in a second. And then I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. I just <laughs> kind of just lost it there for a moment. <laughs> you went Murphy. But I think overall I'm a pretty chill person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me think of the Key and Peele sketch with Obama's anger translator. Oh, like yeah. that's what Murphy <laughs> yeah. is. Like, like yeah. all of your like rage comes out in Murphy. <laughs> so it doesn't come out in Richard. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Richard. This has been super fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm so glad we finally did this. Good job, (laughs) us. This was really fun. (laughs) It was super fun. Good. Good job, everybody. Good job, all three of us. Kudos. And thank you for being patient with the insane technical difficulties. (laughs) Oh, please, not at all. (laughs) 
Like I said, it's just Allie, you know, like she, she knows we don't like her. And so yeah. she's just fucking with us. So yeah, like I said, vindictive. That's right. Yeah, yeah, vindictive. That's right. <laughs> and especially probably because you play Murphy, you know, and Murphy always completely resisted her and rejected her. So yeah, I was like, one of the few. Yeah. She just couldn't get me. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Yeah, I told. I remember like, telling that to Jason. I was like, "Don't you dare shit me." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You were you were one of the like three that didn't like you and Pike and yeah, Ninja. No, I like told three last standing. They, I started seeing people get shipped and like the way they had to act, and I was like, "Don't." <laughs> you imagine how boring Murphy will be like that? I'm like, say, do not shit me. That's a question. Yeah. Plus, it okay. makes no sense. He would never. He would die. He would die before taking that. Would, oh yeah. Would Murphy well, and then Murphy, like, what would Chipped Murphy be? Would be like just a blank slate? Like, would he literally just kind of like? Yeah, he would be literally yeah. blank. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then he would lose his like inherent Murphiness in a way where like other characters were plausible when they were chipped as their old selves, because, like, you know, Jackson, because he had that serenity kind of already, and you're like, all right, I believe it. Like, I believe it would take a while yeah, to figure out that he was chipped. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Murphy would just stand in a corner and stare into space. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yeah. then, you know, because because he didn't get chipped, then we got that amazing, again, speaking of wildly unpredictable pairings, the, like, Murphy and Pike and Indra team up, <laughs> which oh, yeah. is one of my other favorite. Yeah, random things together. Oh my god, I bet that was so much fun. We interviewed Mike Beach was our first interview on this podcast, and we just absolutely adore him. Like the relationship between you guys was also so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you again, Richard, so much for taking. Thank the you, time. Richard. And we'd love to thank have you, you back sometime, perhaps uh, later on in season five or afterwards, when you can actually like talk about more stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you so awesome. much. Thanks so much. Have a good Friday. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.